The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Hey everyone, it's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I, we get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. Hey, it's going to be your church and your turn up. So listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Ever wondered how a book gets made into a movie? Or how to master the art of cooking? Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. On our podcast, we're going to be serving you a fresh perspective of the entertainment industry alongside our favorite celebrity guests. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. Hey, thanks for downloading this podcast. If you want to listen live, be sure to download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. It's In This League with Scott Bogman and Chris Welsh. On the radio. 30. I'm on right now. I don't believe you. You boys in line. Welcome back. It's hour three of In This League on the Sports Grid. Get on the grid. You know what that means. I am Scott Bogman, and I am here with my buddy, KC Bubba. You can find him on the Twitter, at BDNTrick. KC, what's going on, man? Not a whole heck of a lot. Uh, pitchers and catchers in camp. We got our first games are underway. It is baseball season. I am happy. And the XFL has disappeared, it seems like. <laughs> well, you know what? The the We spent uh, almost the entire hour last time talking about the XFL, I didn't get to see one second of it this weekend, so uh, I, I don't know. I you know I don't know if it's going to be such a giant drop off from first week to second week. I do know that they ran out of products to sell, though. Yeah. Oh, really? That's yeah. not good. That's a bad sign. It, or actually, it, a good sign, I guess. Depends on how you look at it. Yeah. I mean, it, it's a. I tell you what, it is. It's an unprepared sign. That's for sure. Yes. So uh, they had no idea how popular they were going to be week one. You know, you have no no idea how many of those people that couldn't get their Renegades hat are now going to be out on the XFL. But um, well, it's it's going to be interesting because the way I gauged it is I didn't get to watch much either, if anything. But like like we talked about last week, Twitter was a buzz, and every like that's how I got most of my information, which is on that watching clips off of that. I didn't see anything this week, so it was much more quiet on the Twitter uh, universe, and that kind of got my attention because I know it's not the end all be all, but I know a lot of social media hype can move the needle, so it was interesting to me. Yeah, yeah, just not not much. But you and I got big news this week. 
because we found out where we are going to be picking in the TGFBI draft that is starting, I believe, I, on I Monday. Thought you right? found out, I, th- I thought you were finding out we were still not diabetic, so that's good. But, oh, um, yeah. I mean, for the two of us, I was curious there. I, I really don't want to go find out. I can tell you that much. So <laughs> they're like, no, yes. you can't have sugar anymore. I'll be like, well, is it really worth going through all this? But. Um, I die quicker. Oh, sorry. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, TGFBI, it does start on Monday the 24th, our lovely slow drafts. We're, we're going to see so many industry people complain about how slow drafts are. It's going to happen everywhere. It's going to be quite the ec- epidemic. But, uh, yeah, we got our, our positions. I am in League 3, and I am drafting 7th, right smack dab in the middle of the 15-team league. Now, when you do your KDS Kentucky Derby system is how they do it, uh, where did you put seven? It was towards the back end because I like drafting at the front of the back. I, I went three, two, one, and then I went like I think it was thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, and then I kind of went like four, five, twelve, eleven, so on and so forth. So seven was pretty much in the middle, like one of my last picks, and yeah, that was me. You know, I actually had seven and eight fairly high up there. I went three, two, one, fifteen, fourteen, thirteen, uh, seven, eight, nine, and then the rest of them in some type of smattering. So. Um, because I, th- like all of the mocks that I've seen or some of the early labor drafts and tout and all that stuff, uh, I love the teams that are picking from that middle spot and taking Garrett Cole. And, and it's very strange to me. I mean, it's all roster construction after the first round, of course, but uh, I, I really like the team to take Garrett Cole or Verlander or DeGrom or whatever, and then fill out the rest of their team picking in the middle. Uh, so I, I actually kind of envy your spot a little bit. I'm, uh, I'm starting to become happier with it. It just seems like, I guess I was accustomed to the ends because every league I've drafted, mock draft, real draft, whatever draft, is, I've been at the ends the whole time. So I've, I'm comfortable there. And and part of me, I like the ends because it makes you go get your guys. If you have to get them early, whatever, you can kind of dictate who you take. Now, if you're in the middle, it's nice. I'm starting to buy into it by the more I look at it is, you know, you can kind of go with the flow of the draft. You're not going to be, you know, if, if a run takes place, you don't have to wait 25 picks to hopefully get one of these players. Like, there's, there's that aspect to it as well. So it's kind of a yin and a yang. Obviously, the biggest thing is knowing the player pool, and I feel comfortable with that, so I'll make it work. And I've started to adapt to that. We'll get to that in a minute. But first, where are you drafting? I'm at the end. I'm at 15. So Ooh, nice. uh, I, I really like that because it's a slow draft. And I will either take forever or not take too long to pick. So I'll either be the bane of people's existence or I'll pick so fast and they'll be like, oh, man, Bogman at the end is great here. So it's going to be one of those two. But I I do remember last year uh, people hitting me up. We're in like round six or seven. I specifically remember Vlad hitting me up. He's like, yo, Bogman, you're up. And I'm like. It is February 25th or whatever it is. Like, we've got plenty of time, dude. Yep. Come on. So. Oh, I, I love it. I love it. I'll, I'll get, like, text messages two minutes into my four-hour window. Hey, you're on the clock. I know. I got the email, too. It's cool. I'll, I'll be there in a minute. Like, I have a full-time job. I'm probably recording with Bogman. I got stuff to do. So I'll get to you shortly. I'm probably right. sorry. Right. The, the pick will be made. Don't worry <laughs> about I, that. When I've missed my last three picks because I just time out, then feel free to text me. Anytime. Yeah, yeah. And that's kind of the thing. Like, uh, and, you know, and this is, uh, you know, slow draft season coming up right yes. here. It's like. This weekend and then leading into the next two weekends up till the start of the season is when slow drafts are starting. So uh, I'm trying to get all my email business done 
uh, before <laughs> all these mock drafts start, so I don't have to sift through emails to uh, know when I'm up and all that stuff. Well, so. are, you, are you still waiting for specific emails? Are we allowed to talk about that right now? Oh, you know what? I think I'm. Uh, I got the Kembe Matumbo on that. So. Oh no. Yeah. Well, it- so is it, never mind. I'm not going to say anything. Went else. a little overboard, I think, in the last email. So uh, no, uh, no response. But well, we'll we'll figure that out uh, soon enough. But I I, I want to ask you, what did you do last year in TGFBI that uh, you learned? Yeah, I'm not going to do that I- anymore last year. And where did you finish? Do you remember? I was pretty. I was pretty happy. I pulled it up. The historical data on NFBC is such a great website and a great forum to play fantasy baseball on. See um, Look at that. Yeah, it, uh, I finished fourth in my league, but it was a wild league. We had uh, uh, Ken, uh, Ken, Kenyo Kendo, sorry. He was running away with it all season. And then the last week, me, Brockness, Monster, and Ken, we all took turns in first place the last week. And on the very last day, some guy jumped me by a half a point. So I thought I was going to have third wrapped up at worst. I finished in fourth, but I finished 35th overall. So I was happy with that. I was very happy with that because the year before was hot, hot garbage. Um, the biggest thing I learned last year is the fab process. You want to, you want to, I was more aggressive than usual. Usually I was like super kind of calm and it bites you in the butt because you need to get these guys. You're going to, there's going to be winners. There's going to be free agents you can pick up. They're going to help you win a league. Not all free agents do that obviously, but there's going to be like a 5% group that do this for you. And you want to at least have your hand in the cookie jar to have a chance at that. And I'm still no expert at it. Like Matt Modica, Vlad Sedler, those guys are fab gurus. They are amazing at what they do. I just am learning as I go. I'm getting better each season. And that's something I want to keep working on. The other thing, and this is where we just talked about me picking seventh, is with the Cole DeGrom situation. I've always been a weight on pitching guy, and I'm still comfortable with that this year. But in this TGFBI and in this overall type situation, you need some stability in the pitching department. And I'm not saying you have to go crazy and like get two or three starting pitchers super early, but getting like at least one ace to kind of help you out in the first two to three rounds, doing something like that. And then not forgetting about them for rounds, getting, having like two through six or seven and three through 10 or whatever, kind of making sure you have some good guys and you're not just having a bunch of kind of streamers. That's helped me out a ton. Yeah. And I mean, you guys should listen to Bubba way more than me because like I had my, I'm looking at my team from last year. The bones were good. You know, like like the the structure of the team was good, but my outlying outlying players were just not great. Like I had uh, Carson Kelly, I picked up a catcher, so that was a nice uh, add there. I had Goldie, Whit, Merrifield, Trey Turner. I took Suarez, who almost hit fifty bombs, but I had a lot of hurt guys. I had uh, Peralta was banged up, Nimmo was banged up, Anderson spent time on the IL. Uh, I. I my closers, I had Edwin Diaz and Aroldis Chapman, uh, but I had half a season of you Darvish being terrible. And then the rest of my pitchers, you know, like I had Paddock and I had Luke Weaver. They both got hurt, but they were decent ads. Of course, uh, Josh James was on this roster from last year. So, uh, you know, it just did not pan out very well for me uh, at all. So. Uh, hoping to get a little bit better, specifically in pitching, like you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you know anyone in your league? Uh, yes, it's actually you'll know this guy, Eno Saris. Oh in the league. yeah, I've heard of him. Yeah, yeah, he, he's, nice. he's around. He's around. He likes beers and, and curly hair, so he, he's in the league. Um, it's actually fun because the the TGFBI's gotten so big. It, there's a lot of guys I've never talked to or met before, so this is fun to kind of get with them. Uh, Bobby Sylvester's a name people will will know from Fantasy Pros. 
he's in there. But like, I got one of the Batflips and Nerds guys from the UK, Russell Esam. Uh, I got Nick Doran from Roto World. A lot of uh, seems like pitcher list or um, fantasy benefit guys there. I got a Roto Baller compadre, and Ellis Kennedy. So a lot of different guys. It's, it's kind of a unique group because I have never played with. I played against Eno in Barf a couple years now. But this whole other group, it's first time playing any of them. It'll be fun. Yeah, I mean, I have, uh, I think Jim Bay, I played, uh, I, he was in my league last year. And What league and number are you? I'm 15. Yeah. And then um, Rudy Gamble is in there, and Joe has warned me about Rudy Gamble. And then He's I know Shelly from Twitter, but I don't think I know oh, anybody else. You have uh, K- Kenneth Lee. I, I'm sorry, I totally screwed up. Kenneth Lee's the one that won our league last year. Oh, and okay. Blue you have him in your league. Oh, great. So yeah. <laughs> he's from Elite Fantasy. Oh, yeah, you so, have a tough. You have a tough league. I actually know about at least half of yours. Yeah, Matt yeah. Cedarholm, uh, Jonathan Metzler. Let's see. Uh, that's Shelley. Uh, Varney D. Austin Varney is in there. Uh, Joe Gentile, uh, and then um, yeah, I don't know everyone in here. But uh, Jim Melikar, there's a lot of, I mean, every league is sharks. So yep. it, it, it's tough anyway. But, yeah, I'm going to, I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm picking on the end. I'm thinking about going, I'm thinking about going pitcher, pitcher right there. Um, the more I think about it, the more I want to do it, especially looking at last year's roster. But I don't know if I'm going to be able to uh, eventually bring myself to do it because I'm just not a pitching guy at heart. I want, I want power and i want some speed when i'm picking that high with those two picks but we got to take a break we're going to take a break here it's uh in this league on the sports grid stick with us we'll be right back after this Want to be the next Daily Fantasy Millionaire? Dunk on your NBA DFS competition with DailyRoto.com and dominate on FanDuel and DraftKings this season. Compete with the pros with DailyRoto.com, Optimizer, and the most accurate projections in NBA DFS, plus lineup alerts, breaking news, late swap support, and much more. Save 10% on winning NBA DFS advice with promo code DUNK. Visit DailyRoto.com backslash DUNK to learn more. Hey everyone, it's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. I'm still on my own journey, but I want to be transparent with you because as I was posting all the highlights of my life on social media, I was breaking down. And too many people fall victim to the picture-perfect image of the high life, so I created a space to discuss the good and the bad. We can laugh, man. We're going to learn. And most of all, I hope to inspire you to go on this journey with me to better mental health. This is going to be your church, your turn up, and everything in between. So join me on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, a safe space for every kind of person. Listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Have you written a book and need some insight into what comes next? Or are you passionate about cooking and want to know how to make it your career? Or maybe you just want to hear insider stories about the entertainment industry. Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. 
I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. And on our podcast, Two Guys from Hollywood, we bring our expertise to the table with, of course, delicious cocktails and all kinds of recipes for you to try at home. So grab a drink and join us. We've got a wide range of celebrity guests and Hollywood insiders to discuss pop culture, publishing, and entertainment. And we'll provide you with an unfiltered and sometimes brutally honest show about Hollywood. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. Yeah, man, I'll tell you what, that dang old in this league. Talk about www.com, you major go click, 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 click. It's real easy, man. Uh, I don't know what you're saying, but that, that's what's going on, yeah. Welcome back. It's in this league on the sports grid. Get on the grid. I'm your host, Scott Bogman. Follow me on the Twitter at Bogman Sports. I'm here with KC Bubba at BDN Trick on the Twitter. KC, plug away. Plug all the podcasts and writing and everything that you, you're going going on with you right now. As I always say, Bench with Bubba is the, uh, the flagship. Been uh, busy over there every Monday with Batflip Crazy. We're doing our previews. Just wrapped up our outfields, starting starting pitching this Monday. I had Alex Chamberlain on this last week. If you want to feel stupid, listen to that because he's a genius. Uh, that was <laughs> that was crazy good. Uh, Draft Cheat came back on for the second time. That guy is sharp as sharp can be. And he's a big, sarcastic a-hole, which I respect to no end. So um, it, it was a fun week over there on Bench with Bubba. So go check all that out. We have always pressing PGA, DFS, golf, and much, much more. Doing work at Roto Baller, Fantasy Sports DGENs, and maybe something else. We'll see how that goes. But uh, always busy. And I'm going to remember it this time, Bachman. Go check out the Fantasy Black Book, the 10th the 10th year of the Fantasy Black Book. Right in catchers and relief pitchers. And there's so many great, great writers on that book. You don't want to go into draft season without your relative position value. Very nice. Look at that. And are you writing anywhere else? I'm working on potentially more right now. Roto Baller and Fantasy DJs is where I'm at right now. Nice, nice. Uh, the Welsh and I are doing Hell Week coming up this week. So uh, it's our ranks episodes where we go through. Uh, we start out with corner. Uh, we do first and third on the first show, middle infield, outfield, starting pitchers, and then, of course, catchers and relievers as well. So, uh, so much fun. Five episodes for everybody. Uh, this coming week. And uh, I mean, look, I-, I was telling Welsh, I'm like, look, this is a lot of work, but I don't know that it's any more work than a mock draft is for me. I was, I was about to say, you guys already do this anyways. After a while, it just becomes, you know, white noise, right? <laughs> right, right. Pretty much. So uh, <laughs> j- just uh, a lot, a lot going on this month yep. and next month up until uh, the start of Baseball season. I also put out my first uh, NFL draft pod this week as well. Ooh, with, nice. Uh, John McKechnie joined me on that. So if you guys are interested in that stuff, check it out. How about some more sign stealing saga, Casey? I know you're not uh, tired of talking about this at all, are you? Oh, not at all. It's actually quite entertaining to me that there's so many whiny little people out there in baseball. <laughs> well, uh, I just, okay, first of all, I want to get your take on Carlos Correa and Cody Bellinger, the back and forth going on there. Well, I love it because it's like a WWE match between the two. It's like they're writing one of the greatest promos as we arrive towards WrestleMania and then go meet (laughs) Hell in a Cell. But um, I think, you know, Cody's allowed to say what he wants. Everyone's allowed to say what they want. Um, We've had a lot of people speak their mind on the situation. 
Um, first, turn your hat around when you talk, Cody, because you look like a two-year-old. But um, Carlos Correa, okay, he said his piece, then, then stop. Because the thing with the Astros, they need to realize real quick, you're the guilty party. You might want to just let everybody get it off their chest. The, the sooner you let them just let it all go, everyone moves on. The more you keep saying things, the more you're going to get more vitriol thrown back at you, and it is not going to be pretty. So I respect Correa for you know sticking up for his teammates. At the same time, he needs to be quiet. Cody had the right to say what he wants. I also think he's kind of a baby, and I would like to see um, him physically hit a line drive at shortstop. Because I don't know if he knows how to go opposite field, anyways. So that'd be pretty impressive. <laughs> oh man, uh, I, I I like I like both sides of this. I mean, I think mm-hmm. Carlos Correa is a dumbass. Uh, yes. To be quite frank, like don't people already hate you. So mm-hmm. telling people, regardless of what their opinion is, whether it's right or wrong, telling them to shut the F up, just not a good idea. Um, and also, you know, he's like speaking for Jose Altuve. And I feel yeah. like Altuve's over there like, shut up, man. Like, I don't yeah. want you Altuve talking are, for me. Yeah. Altuve already came out and said, OK, I'm the captain of the team. All responsible with me. If you got anything, talk to me. And it kind of stopped for a couple of days. And then out of nowhere, Correa started talking again. It was yeah. like Altuve did what he was supposed to do as the team leader. He walked in there, kind of took it on the chin, walked away, and said, if you got anything else, you come to me. And that's what need, needed to be done. Problem is, Correa apparently missed that memo. I don't know if he's you know, celebrating something else, getting a massage maybe. I have no idea. But, what uh, I re- really want to know is what, what that tattoo is. What could that tattoo possibly have been? It, uh, maybe it was Carlos Correa's proposal after they won the World Series. <laughs> so they were hiding it. I don't know. There's so many ways to go about it. Maybe it was, you know... I'm the real MVP, so you want to show it to Aaron Judge just out of respect. I have no idea. Yeah, uh, it's it's very very weird. Like honestly, and I love how Carlos Correa was. Wait, wait. Kept how saying, was no one taking a picture of it? He apparently walked around the locker room without a shirt on for like two days to prove people wrong. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I I and it's not something like I'm running to the Twitter to go find either. So I'm sure there's uh, stuff about it out there, but. Uh, a lot of people are more upset about Rob Manfred's uh, kind of lame response to all of this stuff. Uh, where are you sitting on what Manfred has done and um, just his body language and how he's handling this overall? I'm, I'm more angry with Rob Manfred than I am with the, um, the Astros. I'll be completely honest with that. I think Manfred's a moron. I didn't like him before all this. The way he's trying to change baseball, like, okay, if it's a slow game for people, I get it, but it's how the game's been forever. So um, the way you're trying to speed the game up and do these things aren't going to work for me. The DH I'm good with. That's fine. If you want to change that up, go for it. But he's got so many little things, you know, making pitchers pitch the minimum of three batters. Well, that takes some of the strategy out of the game. That's what made the game of baseball so great is it's like a big chess game. But now this, where – You've admitted you knew about it, but you kind of said, okay, if you guys stop, we're good. That's kind of not a good look. Um, He needs a PR person in a bad way. Uh, So that wasn't good. And then there's many other aspects that were bad. But when you call the World Series trophy, which is actually the commissioner's trophy, if he forgot he's the commissioner of baseball, he just called it a piece of metal. And that was – like I'm not even a, a MLB player, but as a guy that played sports and your whole goal is to win awards, that's uh, that's pretty insulting to me. Yeah, I thought it was really stupid, and I think that if you're Rob Manfred, you really if you want this stuff to actually stop, 
you make a gigantic statement, don't you? You you yep. suspend, uh, you suspend a couple of guys for life. You know, either for life or for two or three seasons or whatever it is. If you really want this stuff to stop, that's how you get it done. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, and now we're having all of these other stuff, all these other things pop up. The Red Sox punishment, for whatever reason, is being pushed back by a week. I don't know why. And then, uh, so we should have that at some point this upcoming week. And then, um, you know, the the rest of it, like the Joe Girardi video that people are talking about from 2016 when he was on MLB Network, when he was talking about getting signs, he said it comes from upstairs to the dugout and then to whoever's on second base. And, and it, that's almost admitting they're doing the same kind of stuff that the Astros were doing. So there's all kinds of weirdness. And that's also only one, you know, clip. And it's weird that MLB took it down. And now all the Astros fans are salty because they're saying, well, of course, what the Yankees are doing it, you're not going to say anything. But I mean, uh, are you with me on like, if you want to make a statement, you want this stuff to actually stop, you got to lay down some real punishment, right? A hundred percent. And, um, it's ironic that he's the guy that helped for the, um, Balco, I believe investigation. So he kind of helped start the whole steroids thing. And then which led to or the biogenesis thing. So not, even after Balco, so and then it led to the new policy on guys can get suspended for, like, you know, was it 60 games, 90 whole season or whatever, 60, oh, 60 a whole season and the whatever. But um, so he helped with all of that. And now he's got a situation and that kind of slowed down steroids. There's still guys getting caught. Francis Martis, you're up next. <laughs> but you would think that he'd want to make a statement when he announced that they were all immune from the situation. Well, he screwed up the pooch right there. Like that was a gigantic nightmare of a situation. So he just keeps digging in a bigger and bigger hole and looking like a bigger and bigger moron. And I really don't know how to help him anymore besides maybe just calling it a day and retiring early because he is he's ruining baseball. He's ruining his image. It's just a gigantic mess right now. Yeah, I mean, and I was talking about this on a different show earlier, and I know that um, this is kind of what the commissioner gets paid for, right? He gets paid to look like the bad guy. That's why Roger Goodell gets... 40 million bucks a year is because whenever there's something bad happening in the NFL, he gets asked about it, whether it's, you know, CTE, it's the Aaron Hernandez documentary, it's, um, you know, uh, the Antonio Brown situation, players getting fined, players getting in fights, Miles Garrett, all this stuff. He has to deal with all that stuff and have all the public pressure. And eventually they usually make the decision to make themselves look like the bad guy. The commissioners do to kind of take the brunt off the owners and the players. And that's kind of their job. So I get it, but I don't think you're solving this solution. You're solving this problem at all. And if it's something that needs to be worked out in the CBA, come out and say it. Just say, hey, look, you know, I have no I have no way to punish these guys. This has been worked out in our CBA. This is the limit of my powers. I'm not allowed to do anything else. And why wouldn't I don't know why anyone hasn't said about like Jim Crane being fined and stuff like that. Like, hey, look, I find him the maximum amount I'm allowed to find him is five million bucks is the most. So uh, why isn't he out there saying that stuff? And I don't know. He should be, but he's a, he's a moron. That's why I said he needs a PR person to tell him what to do because what he's doing right now, and if this is his PR person, they should be fired. But he is just blabbering on about nonsense and making himself look worse. Like you said, at least say, you know, it's out of my hands. I can't do this. I can't do that. Because I think the player's thing is that it, with the way the, the CBA is written up, he has, it's really, really tough to 
you know, punish the players without something in writing ahead of time. So that's very complicated, but at least come out and say that. It's like any other union job. When I worked at a grocery store, if they wanted to write me up, I could request my union rep to be there. And it was a huge waste Mm -hmm. of time. So they never did it unless they really, really wanted to write me up. And the only time that happened was uh, when I called out of work to go to Game 7 of the 2001 World (laughs) Series. So, uh, And they might have been right for that. They were absolutely right. And I took my write up at that point. But uh, that's all we got for you in this segment. Uh, Stick with us. We'll be right back after this with more baseball coverage from me and Casey Bubba. It's in this league on the sports grid. To light the lamp on DraftKings and FanDuel this NHL DFS season? Then join DailyRoto.com and learn from the best daily fantasy sports players. Get updated fantasy hockey projections for NHL DFS, line combinations, and build stacks for tournaments in the Daily Roto NHL DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy hockey without using Daily Roto, you are doing it wrong. Enter the promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. Twitter and we got a lot of newsy type of stuff going on uh, in baseball right now. Bubba, I mean, obviously still, uh, you know, very few games being played. I mean, I think there is a game or two uh, today and I think there was one yesterday as well. But um, we're starting to get weird news, you know, like uh, Severino has a uh, strain in his farm and he's getting shut down. And um, Stanton has no limitations, but Judge does. So uh, out of the stuff that you've heard early, I guess, what is most concerning to you? Um, Luis Severino, because this is a forearm injury. Usually forearm injuries lead to uh, Tommy John, and that's never good. He's coming from a, I believe it was a shoulder injury last season that took him out for a while. He got back, pitched a little in the postseason. But the scariest part, not just a forearm injury type deal, this is a lingering forearm injury from his playoff appearances versus the Astros. I'm not saying he had a buzzer hooked up to his arm. That's <laughs> not the injury. But he sustained this injury in that postseason, and the fact it's still lingering now in February is not good to me. Yeah, uh, I hate that one. And I hate like like the Suarez injury from uh, earlier in the month where he apparently had – you know, hurt his shoulder in a pool somehow. Um, you know, he has been back a little bit early, and, and it seems like, you know, whatever his progression is, it's, it's incredibly quick. So yep. I, I want to see him playing some spring training games, but what do you think about going into the year with guys that are, uh, you know, they have a lingering injury coming into the season? I just... I feel like I I can't give it up wholly and completely. Like if Suarez falls too far in a draft, I I will still take the risk on snapping him up. 
But I think for the most part, I just want to be done with that stuff, right? 100% with you. It's one of those things, especially when it comes to pitchers and their arms. I'm not touching any of them. Like we got Mike Clevenger who had like meniscus repair surgery. He's going to be back in uh, sometime in late in mid May, maybe early June, probably going to miss maybe eight to 10 starts, which sucks. But for him, it's not anything to do with his arm, which makes me feel very good. Now you got Suarez, a shoulder injury affects your power. I'm with you to like 90% of the time. I want nothing to do with anybody hurt going into the year. Cause it's a six-month season. There's going to be tons of injuries you're going to have to deal with already. You're basically drafting a guy, um, I'll say for an FBC or TGFBI, which is on the NFBC platform, there's no IL. So you're holding these guys on one of your seven bench spots, which is tremendously valuable, um, especially in 15-team leagues where you got to churn and burn as you go. So I don't want to go into it too often, but you said it with like Suarez as one, especially with these reports. A lot of these spring training reports outside of, I'd say, like the Severino – Take some of it with a grain of salt because some guys might have literally stubbed their toe and they're going to miss three days because it's spring training. They want to go play golf instead of, you know, work out. That's how this is going to go early on here. But so keep a close eye on that. Find beat reporters you like. But you said if he falls to the right price, I'm in. I was in a draft Wednesday night, a 15-team draft. Um, they, they mirrored TGFBI. It's a fun little deal of fake teams. And Suarez fell to pick like 100. Yeah. That's value to me. Yeah. That's like insane value to me. I, I had him in my queue. I was like four picks away. I'm like, okay, I will jump on him now. Masahiro Tanaka, who's always got weird arm issues, and he scares the bejesus out of me. <laughs> I, I get it. His ADP is like, I think, late 100s, early 200s right now. He wouldn't like pick 330. Like that's value. That's insane value. So it all depends on your draft. Like everyone has a price. I've said that forever. You can say it any, any walk of life, any business, whatever you Everything, everyone has a price. If they fall to you, it's worth the, I guess, what do they call it, like in the draft box, like the replacement value or whatever. Yeah, RPV. Fall, there you go. If Yes, if you get the fantasy black book, you'll know the actual guys to do this with. Um, <laughs> and and uh, the, the Suarez is a great example because it actually happened to me this week. You can find value where it's worth it, but most of the time, especially with pitchers, position players, a little more flexible pitchers, I get really scared of. Yeah, yeah. Pitchers are always finicky when it comes to that stuff. I don't, in general, it's easier for a roto league, but I play in a lot of head-to-head leagues. Uh, I, I don't, I don't like to take guys that have an innings limit in a head-to-head league at all, because you know, if you have an innings restriction or an innings limit, you just never know when those guys are going to be shut down. If the team's not in the playoffs. They'll shut them down way before your fantasy playoffs, and you won't get them. Well, uh, well the, the, sorry to interrupt you, but, yeah, this year there's only, but this year the rosters change. They can't have the only, like, what, 28-man rosters in, in September instead of 40? That yeah. might change a little. Yeah, it might, but I get, you know, it, oh, this guy's got a finger injury. Yeah. True. Might just put him on the IL yeah. instead, instead of leaving him on the bench where you can't even put him on the IL. Right, Good point. right. Fair. Slap him on the IL. I mean, there'll be, you know, there'll be roster manipulation. It goes on oh, yes. every sport all the time. But uh, what I was saying with, with the pitchers is in a head-to-head league, you don't know if you got, your guys are going to get shut down and not pitch in your fantasy playoffs. And what a lot of people have been doing this year in particular to uh, and it's weird that people are finally coming around on it now that the 40 man roster goes away but um is there they're making their playoffs a couple weeks before the end of the season 
Uh, mm-hmm. So you may be okay with those guys going into that point, but they also may shut them down during that point and then ramp them back up to play them in the playoffs should they be a playoff-eligible team as well. So it's just better to draft like guys with innings limits like Chris Paddock and Lazardo and Puck and all those guys, you know, it's mm-hmm. easier to take those guys in a roto league because it doesn't really matter yep. when you're getting the innings. You're getting the innings and they all count the same. Well, and I think like Spore and others have talked about that strategy, and you're 100% correct, especially in roto, because um, you say they're going to throw 140 innings. Okay, that's great. They're going to throw them. Boom, boom, boom. If they're not in the playoffs, then they're done. You have like a month and a half to go. Well, now you go pick a guy up. So in theory, you had very, very good production for 140. You get to pick up another guy who's probably pitching well. That's why you picked him up. And now you have an even better pitcher for the whole season, if that makes sense. So it is a way to do it. Like I used to be scared off of guys like that when I hear innings limit. But now I, I think I might have said it on this show. I know I've said it elsewhere. Guys like Strasburg and Syndergaard and all these other guys that have some questionable deals. You know, they haven't thrown a lot of innings in their career or even David Price this year is an example I'll use. You know, he's probably going to throw 160-ish innings, maybe 170. They're going to melt. The Dodgers are going to dodger him. There's no hiding that. <laughs> but what Price will give you is 150 to 170 really good innings. Those are going to be better than, you know, some giant. Like, he goes, he's going around Masahiro Tanaka. I'll take David Price or Tanaka all day. Yeah, me So too. something along those lines. I don't know if I made sense to anybody there, but – Take the quality over the quantity. You can always replace the quantity later. Yeah, exactly. So, and on the back end, and, and then you can uh, take the guys that are, you know, uh, pitching well in the back half if they shut a guy down for sure. Uh, I, there's some other news going on here. Um, it, 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 it pertains with batting order stuff, and I don't like either one of these moves. There, um, Chris Bryant has offered. Now, he's staying in Chicago now. It seems that Arenado deal seems to be fairly dead. He talked to Theo Epstein, and it looks like he's good to stay in Chicago for this year. But he's saying that he is offering to hit leadoff for the Cubs because they've had an issue with who's going to hit leadoff for them for a while. And then in Washington, they're talking about possibly moving Trey Turner down to the three-hole. So I want to know, do you like these moves? Are they positive are they negative to you and what do you you know just what are your overall thoughts on those well first we'll start in washington i think it's huge like trey turner i've always thought he's got more power than people give him credit for maybe there's some reasoning behind that because now you're gonna put him third for a reason driving in runs um i don't think it affects his stolen bases as much as people are making it out to be he might lose like five which i guess in the grand scheme of things is big but when he's gonna steal around 40 35 i'll still walk away with more power, more RBIs. Not going to score as many runs, though. So he's still going to help you in all five categories, just not as strong. I love it because a guy I have been just praying for for years, I drafted him last year, much more expensive this year, so it's harder to get, is Victor Robles. And if he's leading off, man, give me all the Victor Robles. That run production goes up, more stolen bases. He has better power than people give him credit for. They look at his stat cast numbers, and they're disgusting. Not they're all bad. stat cast. The stat yeah. cast numbers are bad. Yeah, not all stat cast numbers are created equally, though. I'll be very honest with yeah. people there. Um, I'm I'm not as smart as, like, the Alex Chamberlains and others of the world, but you go to Alex Chamberlain's pitch leaderboard, you go deep into baseball savant. If you look about when Victor Robles elevates it at the proper launch angle and pulls the ball, he actually has very good EV and those kind of things that, re- that results in home runs. It's basically he hits a lot of ground balls, the bunts, 
uh, things along those nature really affect his overall numbers. But I, I love the move for Victor Robles. When you're talking Cubs, this is a little more interesting. Um, it's good for Brian's run production. He's a great OBP asset. That's what makes sense for them to be there in real life because he walks a ton. Uh, it's just a weird scenario for me there because he's not a steals guy. He's not not able to drive in as many runs. He's still going to be a very good player. He hasn't been a guy I've been a fan of drafting much. I like Baez. If you look at roster resource now, they have Kyle Schwarber hitting cleanup, who I am in love with Kyle oh, Schwarber this year. Hit 280 like in the second half, man. I'm like, all just, over him. Just pulling that up right now got my blood flowing. So, like, that's <laughs> that's outstanding. These pants um, just got shorter. Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> my, my right hamstring is tightening. But um, it's a great move for the Cubs. It makes a ton of sense from a real baseball. Fantasy-wise, it hurt Brian a bit for me. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think it. I think both of them hurt a little bit. Um, I'm, I'm with you on uh, Turner getting more RBI and still being productive across the board. But I think it's going to be more than five stolen bases. So I'm a little more concerned. There's just so many times when you bat with two outs and you get on, and then they don't want to make that third out on the base pass. So he's not going to be running, but. Uh, the Bryant stuff, uh, I'm, I really don't like, but we got to take a break. We're going to come back with a little more baseball, maybe, uh, work some football in here as well. Uh, neither one of us got stopped with pot at the border, but we do need to talk about that. So we'll be right back after this break. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. In this league. I thought we were going to be just friends. What? Friends with the. In this league. In the dark. You can hear endless love. You know what that means. It is the end of In This League on the Sports Grid. I'm here with Casey Bubba. Uh, you can follow us on the Twitter at Bogman Sports, at Mediantric, at Is It The Welsh for everyone involved in this show. And, um, you know, check out all of our stuff. Go to our Patreon, patreon.com slash ITL Army. Uh, got baseball rankings coming up. The Welsh, of course, has this prospect list. Uh, I'm going to be making my NFL draft list pretty soon. And uh, coming in uh, April, I will be doing uh, Dynasty NFL ranks as well. So a lot on the board and all the secret shows, yeah, all the secret shows, which are some people just stick around for the secret shows once they <laughs> listen to them. So um, be sure to check us out on that stuff. I got a couple more baseball questions before we move on to football here, Bubba. And mm-hmm. uh, this one is difficult for you and I because we did the same bit in TGFBI last year, we both took Josh James <laughs> the day before they announced that he is not a starter. Now, they've come out and said that it's the fifth starter job is his to lose. So my question is, are we back in? 
Oh, you know it, buddy. <laughs> you know it. it. It's just like, you know, it's like they say there's that certain drug you just can't walk away from. It's like an aphrodisiac to you. The the talent. Cheeseburgers like, is mine. <laughs> Chick-fil-A. Um, <laughs> we just... We just talked about how um, Victor Robles, you know, all, all stat cast numbers aren't created equal. Like it scares people away. Well, if you look at Josh James, like numbers, they are pitching porn. Like he has a strikeout machine. Uh, walks can be an issue at time, but his overall production has been elite. When he's in the minors, low ERAs, the X-tips were low, striking out everybody under the sun, keeps the ball in the yard for the most part. This guy was amazing. Now, how many innings is he going to throw? Million dollar question. Through 64 total innings last year. Uh, season previous to that, he threw about 115 or so. So, you know, look at different projection sites. The bat has him for 128, ATC 81, steamer 124. So you're thinking maybe 120. Let's just be fair with that. That's 120. Goes back to our argument about quality. 120 quality innings with a boatload of strikeouts. A just ton of strikeouts. Um, I'm a fan of Josh James. His price is cheap. It's going to rise. That's the, the shame of this situation. But, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll be back in at the right price. If it gets out of control, no. But uh, he, he's he's good. He's very good, and I hope he gets the chance to do it. And in your standard 12-man leagues, I mean, if you want to take a shot at him at the end, he's free. So yeah, at true. this point. And in TGFBI, uh, he'll be snapped up, I'm sure. What about Alex Reyes? They got him working on a starter schedule, Bubba, for the Cardinals. Are you um, – and Michaelis just uh, had his – a platelet-rich injection in his elbow, and he has to sit out three to four weeks, so he probably won't be good for the beginning of the season. If Alex Reyes is a starter, he will definitely have an innings limit. But this, you know, at one point was the number one pitching prospect in baseball. So what do you think about Reyes getting starter reps? I love it. I think, you know, we've been dying for him to get reps, but you kind of said the innings limit. Let's just take a quick walk through here. Well, quick math, um, 37. He threw 40 total innings last year. In 2018, he threw um, 80, 26 total innings. And back in 16, he threw 111. So the last two years have been a little short on the innings thing. A guy with an arm issue, you might want to control these things. So I'm kind of curious on what the starters workload they're looking for. I think he's awesome. If he comes at a value, it's great. If, again, I'm going to reference Alex Chamberlain because it's fresh in my mind. And uh, I use his pitch leaderboard. It's an awesome thing. It's going to be free to everybody pretty soon once he gets the final touches on it. If not, Go donate to a charity and he'll get it for you. But it's he does his X stats. He created like expected strikeouts. Um, his K rate last year, uh, Alex Reyes. I don't have the pitch leaderboard up, but I thought it was six percent. His expected Ks was sixteen percent. I know sixteen is still not ideal, but that ten percent improvement is huge. Um, this guy is very good. I love it. I just don't know how many innings. I'm like Josh James, where I can kind of get 120. What do you think Reyes innings-wise? I think probably around 100. I think they'll cap him at 120 if he looks good, uh, but I think the goal would probably be around 100 innings. So, yeah. uh, you know, whatever that equates to, you know, 15 starts, something like that, and probably shorter starts. So if you're in a quality starts league, uh, don't think I'm reaching for him at all. And that's that's another thing. Quality start leagues um, – you know, these starters aren't always going to get up to six innings. So uh, it's another thing to think about um, when you're in just uh, leagues with different scorings as well. So, uh, But I, I'm, I'm more in on Josh James than I am on Alex Reyes, right? Yes, yes. Uh, 100% with you there. I'll take Josh James over Reyes. And you made a great point there. 
because leagues are going not all like most of them are still wins, but are going to quality starts. That's where the innings limit guys, even like the Lazaros and the Bucks of the world. That's where you might have some issues because it might be like five innings or 100 pitches are gone. They're gonna be much more strict on those guys. Where you know like a Luis Castillo who's going around you know the same price or a little earlier than like Lazardo, they're gonna let him go 120 pitches or something. So let's just keep that in mind. Now, I want to transition to the NFL a little bit before we go here because there's just some funny stories. And um, the first one is Greg Robinson, the free agent left tackle. I mean, obviously not going to be re-signed by the Browns now. It's him and another wide receiver. I can't remember his name. Uh, we're coming up from Mexico. They were stopped by Border Patrol and caught with 157 pounds of weed. And trying to smuggle it across the border. So that is obviously intent to distribute. Uh, also, 157 pounds. Did they really smoke three pounds of weed on the way up to the border from wherever they got it? Right? Like, that had to be 160, right? You would think it would be a nice round number. You'd think the cartel could figure that one out because, you know, it came in kilos. Maybe maybe 157 pounds 160 kilos. I don't know. Right. Maybe. Maybe it rounded out that way, but yeah, you think they might have skimmed a little from the top there on the way through, <laughs> or maybe it was like super troopers and they see the cops coming, they start just stuffing it in their mouths and you know, the snodsberry candy like bars. Snod. Yeah, <laughs> 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 yes, you never know. Maybe it was, yeah, it was maybe a scene out of super troopers and it just went horribly, horribly wrong for him. But it makes you wonder, like we talk about when these guys get DUIs when they do all the dumb stuff they do. They have all the money in the world. Like, what is your problem? You have to imagine, and I could be totally wrong because I don't know the guy. You, you'd have to imagine he's working for someone. That's my hunch here because yeah. why, why would he be bringing it across the border? But uh, I'd love to know how he – I haven't read all of the info. I would love to know how he tried to launch, like, bring in 157 pounds. Like, it wasn't obviously in the trunk of the car unless he's that dumb. So how did he – like, what was it in? What containers? What situation? And, you know – for all the people coming from Mexico to California, I'm very aware of this looking at California, the coyotes will get you across the border. So he has had the wrong contacts. So yeah. Simple. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it was just brazen and brashness. It, it, when you do something that dumb, uh, I feel like the rest of your decision making is also probably fairly poor. So yeah, like, like Nate Newton looks at that and goes, you moron. Right. Yeah. Nate Newton. And by the way, everyone talking about, you know, oh, Greg Robinson and the other guy facing up to 20 years in jail. I think they said Nate Newton got like 30 months. So, yeah. you know, two and a half <laughs> years, it's not nothing, but uh, it ain't 20 years. So it ain't Aaron Hernandez. So it's OK. Yeah, it ain't Aaron Hernandez. either. This is just such a stupid, idiotic move. Like he had to have been. It's so dumb. You feel like he had to be being blackmailed, right? Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's like someone said it's one of those like decoys. Like you go here and get caught. We go over here with like 700 pounds and move it across this way. <laughs> it, was like, it was like, you go take the bait and we'll take care of this. Now, it just makes no sense. It's too stupid. Now, the other uh, NFL news that we had over the week was the CBA is being worked out. And they said this needs to probably get done by the time the combine starts. The combine, I believe, starts on the 26th, 27th. It's coming up here uh, pretty soon. So um, this needs to get done. But they're talking about adding a 17th game and an extra team to the playoffs to make it uh, seven teams per conference in the playoffs and only one team gets a bye. What are your thoughts on uh, these new moves? Well, the expanded season, we knew that all like that was 
that was coming. Uh, it was just a matter of penciling in the money, which is what the CBL does. Once the players get paid more and they get an extra bye week, most likely, that'll take care of that. That was a done deal. I just hope I didn't check. They're taking out a preseason game, right? For that, I, I would assume so. Yeah, okay, I, good, we good. don't have the details yet. Yeah. So. Okay, I didn't know if I missed that or not, but yeah, assuming they take that out, that's been the kind of talk forever. I get it. That works. Okay, whatever. The seventh playoff team, I think, is just dumb. Like, I'm sorry. This is like baseball trying to reinvent the playoffs. This is just bad for football. Uh, I know there's a lot of good football teams, but Boggs, we go into like week 15 and 16 every year, and they're like, oh, look at these guys on the bubble. Does anybody really want to see the Oakland Raiders in the playoffs last year? Anybody? <laughs> besides me making besides my picks Besides you, yeah, yeah. Let's just be – like part of that's like tongue-in-cheek. Let's be real. No one wanted to see the Raiders in the playoffs. Let's just be real about this. Um, it's just another way for the owners to make money. It's that simple. Yeah, yeah it That's really it is. is. It really is. I, you know, the one thing I do like about it uh, is that one team gets a buy. I kind of like that. If you're top dog in your conference, you're the only team to get a buy. I kind of like that, but I'm with you. You know, we've seen all the memes. It's, you know, the Steelers and the Cowboys strolling into the playoffs under 500 now uh, that they're uh, now that they can make it because they added an extra team, you know, it's that, that like they're, they're probably stuff. just getting ready for the Patriots because the dynasty's over. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, that could definitely be a big part of it. So, uh, but I think uh, the more time this takes, the more I think Brady goes back to the Patriots. So um, maybe, maybe not. I mean, that could definitely not be on the horizon here. We'll see soon, but uh, that's going to wrap us up for this week, Bubba. That is everything that we've got. Uh, like I said, remember, you can follow us on the Twitter at BDNTrick for KC, at Bogman Sports for me, at Is It the Welsh for the Welsh. We will be back to talk plenty of stuff. Uh, I got to get your thoughts on this uh, Tua versus Herbert for next week as well. Oh, so. God. <laughs> we'll be back next week. Take it easy, everybody. Have a great weekend. everyone, it's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I, we get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. Hey, it's going to be your church and your turn up. So listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon.